Hi, this is Dave Gershman, and you are back at the Reselect Music Podcast. And for this episode, Eric and I listened to a good chunk of Joni Mitchell. Uh, Her discography is quite large over her entire performing life. So we whittled it down. I shouldn't say we whittled it, but we narrowed it down to her first eight albums, I believe it was. And um, basically what most people would consider her uh, her classic years. And without further delay, here's what we had to say about Joni Mitchell. Welcome back to the Reselect Music Podcast. This is Dave. Hey, and uh, this is Eric sitting right over here. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're back again after uh, uh, a nice visit with Sly and the Family Stone last time. Yeah, we've gone through Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon, that's right, here, here in the, the northwest. northwest. You yeah. may have heard something about that. We get lots and lots of snow. Yeah, unusually. Very unusual for us. Uh, sometimes we never get any. But, but now we got a fire going, the snow's melted, right. and uh, we're nice and cozy here, and we're ready to talk about music again. Got a cold beverage. And, we're and who are we talking about this time, Eric? Joni Mitchell, Miss Joni, Joni Mitchell. Mitchell. That's right. She you know, I, as I was reading about her, I realized she's a full 20 years older than I am. Yeah, she's been around a long time. Yeah, you know, I've she, seen some of the pictures though. She looks, she's a lovely. She was, she was a very woman, lovely, yeah. lovely. But she kicked off uh, in her music career at, at a at a nice young age of twenty yeah. ish. Actually, I believe she was with. Uh, she sang with her husband first. So uh-huh. Some guy, something Mitchell. Mitchell's not her maiden name. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I did capture. There was uh, some. Yes, I forget now. Uh, same thing. She so they they sang as a duo a duo duet mm-hmm. you know a duo for a little while and then they broke up and she went solo and well before we talk about our music I'm yeah. kind of curious about her her associations with other people other musicians oh. and there so cause I uh, I did see something about uh, she was partners with David Crosby for. A short period of Are you time. talking about uh, romantic relationships? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, yeah, that she, is what she she got around, as they say. She, oh, well, and, that's not um, a nice thing to say. Well, no, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not judging. She got involved. She had emotional uh-huh. well, you know, connections with a lot of people. The whole the whole celebrity atmosphere. I have no idea right. what that might be like. But, yeah, uh, I mean they they, they mingled a yeah. lot, and, and there was the '60s and '70s. Exactly, yeah. it's a different time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was she was with David Crosby for a while. Graham Nash for she lived with Graham Nash for a couple of years. In fact, our house, the Crosby Stills and Nash song, is about him and her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just read that read part. Bit, yeah. Uh, David, I, I wonder if that created some uh, problems inside Crosby Stills. You know, I I I don't know. It could have, I suppose, but I I don't think so because I think there may be a little time between those two. I don't think she went uh-huh. from one to the other. Yeah. Also, I don't think she and David Crosby necessarily ever got super attached, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't. When was Stills in that mix? Did he? he <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, he actually appears on a couple of her albums, so oh, they right? were friends, too, but uh, I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, there may be relationships that nobody's ever really heard about for all the time. So. You know, that's anybody's guess, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, but she and David Crosby uh, were a thing for a little while, and um, he wrote Guinevere about yeah. his relationship with her and another woman. Uh, not not all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but he has said that. His, <laughs> Glad you clarified that. Yes, he had said he has said that that song was written as a composite of 
his relationship with her and his relationship with another woman who was not a woman. So, so uh, in Guinevere, they it's parts had of green eyes, yeah. is it? Right, I think the description, green? yeah, I think so. Really? Uh, I, the descriptions are, some of the descriptions are about her. And uh, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he was quite taken with her, I believe, so. Yeah. She was also involved with James Taylor for a while. That was my next question. Um, and uh, which kind of weird because they seem like very different people. Like James Taylor makes sense well, with Carly Fulton. Simon. Yeah, I know, but he's like, oh, I guess he. Well, he was pretty dark. He was. He had he went this very depressed. Uh, the, there, there, there are some of his albums yeah, that are like that. He yeah. was actually committed to a, an institution for a I've, while. I've he, heard this yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he wasn't all, you know, the happy. Yeah. Song, song writer singer that we kind of associate with him these days. Um, are, are there any songs of Johnny Mitchell's that are from that time period when she was with James? Yeah, Hill? in fact, uh, most of it was a blue. A lot of blue is written about him. Huh. I believe it was blue, and uh, let's see what came right before blues. Ladies of the Canyon. I think well, what, what, what year is Blue? Actually, you know what? I think I'm wrong. It's I think Ladies of the Canyon has a few songs about that. Uh-huh. Looking at the list here of songs on that album, I'm trying to remember what I read, but it must be like early seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like seventy, seventy one. Yeah, right around the turn of the decade. But there are definitely a few songs she wrote about their breakup, and oh. apparently it didn't go fantastically well. And then uh, she had a very Bad relationship as it turned out with Jackson Brown, that oh. really did not end well. In fact, like there's, to this day, there's bad blood. Uh, she, and you know, it depends whose side you listen to. But she apparently, he says that she kind of like went a little nuts and like accused him. That's what the guy always says. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you have you have to. <laughs> there, there. You, you never know. I mean, yeah. it's uh, he. He may just be... Well, she said he was abusive. Uh, huh. He d- denies that on... He says she made things up about the relationship. Yeah. And so, well, I'm sad to hear that because I'm, yeah. I'm pretty fond of Jackson Brown's music and yeah. you know, some, something this disparaging was, like that. This was uh, around the running on empty... Right around the time he got Oh, really? Popular, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was a freaking great album, too. So there were some... It, it's, things did not go well with him. Yeah. But, but she was also involved with a couple of her other, like... Uh, backing musicians uh, at various times and I think she married one guy I think and was with him for a long time and uh-huh. several years I forget his name someone in her band yeah yeah he played with her and uh-huh. yeah so yeah I mean she she was a very passionate woman nothing wrong with that no nothing yeah. wrong with that and then kudos to her man you know life is short and uh, it's, it's great to find love where you can and she at the time she was at the peak of her creative mm-hmm. her creative abilities and you know that's very you know and all the, all these broken hearts that she experienced <laughs> like fodder for great music yeah right exactly <laughs> I mean that's the thing about the, the breakups you get the uh, yeah you get a lot of good 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 songs out of them all the time, so. <laughs> but one thing about Joni Mitchell is though she had you know it's, it's almost like she had some insights and some got, re- got really in touch with the way she felt and, and was able to articulate that yeah, in her music, you know, her poetry and right. Well, she and, is uh, being yeah. able to express that was was yeah. profoundly more than many of her contemporaries. Right, I think yeah. she had much better ability to express her her feelings and mm-hmm. and analyzing relationships and seeing things from different, removing herself sort of from the situation and kind of seeing it from yeah. a 
different perspective. And yeah, her 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 poetic abilities are definitely yeah. better than most. Like some 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 real insights that, that she expresses in her songs, and and you know we were talking earlier that uh, you know there there is a a large, particularly large female following of Joni yeah, Mitchell, yeah. and maybe because of that, you know, they can they can relate. Oh to yeah, her yeah. Story. Well, I think that she was really good at ma- making her personal experiences, uh, phrasing them, putting them in a universal mm-hmm. uh, perspective. I guess that you know people could just uh, relate to, even though she may have been putting it in some way that nobody else would have thought of. But but it's still you can identify with it all. And I, you know, you leave the art as well. I, I wonder. You know, I, I didn't grow up with Joni Mitchell. <clears throat> I wasn't. I didn't listen to her. And in fact, uh, this past uh, period of time is the most I've ever listened to Joni Mitchell. Yeah. And and I and I, I think that must not be the same for for you. You must have. Did your parents were, were into yeah, music, yeah. so you must have like listened to Joni Mitchell at, at that period of time. Yeah. In fact, I I grew up hearing Joni Mitchell yeah. very frequently as a as a very small child. Uh-huh. Almost as far back as I can remember, I remember hearing Joni Mitchell on the stereo. Pretty frequently, uh-huh. uh, her first few albums, <laughs> pretty much the span of albums we've listened to yeah, for this, the first this, eight this albums, show. Yeah. I specifically remember the earlier albums the most because I think they listened to those more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Court and Spark was definitely in pretty high rotation. All that also. Yeah. Um, well, the, well, the critics certainly like that. Yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of yeah. That what, one. What in, year did that one come out? Seventy. Uh, 475 um, I can always count on you to know these things man you like the tribute pursuit dude of music <laughs> awesome I, I have a, a mental framework for fitting albums yeah. I have like these slots in my head do you think I, it's a, a uh, OCD thing or a symbol I, I'm just fucking I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I'm not typically OCD so I don't know I, but it's something I don't know what it is but I have this like my my, 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 my wife can never really uh, understand what the hell, how the hell I do it, but or why? Um, and, and you know, and just standing back, we're all impressed, really. Well, thank yeah, you. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I I kind of have these images of each year in my head, and I kind of have like albums and slots in them. Uh-huh. So I, I, it's almost like I'm seeing. It's a visual. Yeah, it's a visual right? in my head. It's like a visual thing. Huh. I'm sure it's like pulling it off a shelf. That's cool. I don't know. It, it's hard to describe, but. Anyway, so I, yeah. I, I have a I, I have a very good sense of like what year any given album yeah. came out, and anyway, uh, but Court and Spark came out seventy four, right. and uh, so that would make me well. I don't want to date myself here, but uh, I was pretty young. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I was eight years. He old. He was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's not keep our listeners in suspense with stuff like that. They I'm twenty five. What are you talking about? <laughs> Me too. So, so, uh, so, <coughs> so uh, of that era, you know, you and I can go back and listen to songs and look at the charts and see what was really popular. Then, is that fair to say that that represents what Joni Mitchell's songs were, in your experience, also the more popular songs, or what resonated with you, perhaps? Is, is that well? It's interesting. I, I like. I think. Like they, they, my my dad. I'm not sure who the bigger Johnny Mitchell fan was. Actually, my dad or my mom. I, huh. I, I haven't asked them that. I I just remember being on. I th- I think I remember my dad putting on more often. Yeah, that's sort of my my vague impression. 
But he would. Yeah, and your parents are hippies. It sounds like. No. I they, listen to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> they weren't. They no. were. They were. They farm people though. Uh, that's yeah, where no. I discovered my love of the Beatles, and and uh, of course hippies like the Beatles too. But my, yeah. my they were they were never. No, my parents were not farm people. What? Uh, well, Come on, man. I, to... I just told Eric about. We, we my, just rattled uh, through about fifteen different animals. Yeah, well, I, gr- I grew up with a lot of farm animals, and <laughs> my, my parents were hobby farmists. Uh-huh. Hobbyist farmers is what I meant to say, really. But but they were not farm people. They didn't grow up on farms, and right. they certainly didn't do that. So for they were hippies. Yeah, no. right. yeah. Wasn't that kind of? You smell that funny weed every now and then around the house? No. Never. <laughs> they hit it well. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so but I think my dad was really into her early stuff. He especially liked like Morning Morgantown, uh, uh-huh. that whole album. That was her second album. Uh, uh, would you? Clouds. Would you? Uh, if you don't mind, uh, playing a little clip from. Sure, I yeah. think I will do that. Um, so Chelsea Morning is actually one of the ones I remember best too. Let's uh, put that on here. So like her really acoustic stuff yeah. is sort of what I got to know best, I think. And um, she she is an amazing acoustic guitarist. She is. She is so she, good. She she blew me away. She's an amazing instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, her voice is covers all these different octaves, but her guitar playing is so intricate. Yeah. And she has all these oh, weird tunings. Man. And uh, it's it's really hard actually to try to play this stuff on guitar. Yeah, well, you know, you you we, we uh, played guitar the other night. Uh, yeah. it's, it's been a month now or so. But anyway, uh, Dave tried to didn't try to. He played one of her, her songs. <laughs> I try. I tried to replicate one of one of uh, Johnny Mitchell's songs, and it's uh, super complicated. The rest of it's hard are. to keep up. And, uh, and it was like, one of the easier ones that that right? of, of her stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, a standard tune, though, yeah. Yeah, standard tuning, yeah. yeah. And she doesn't have all that many of those. Yeah. Um, you know, and like even Big Yellow Taxi, I think it's got a slightly different tuning than. Yeah. I mean, you can play it in regular yeah. tuning, but it's just different than how she did it. Yeah. Um, and and Big Yellow Taxi is that Pave Paradise and put in the parking lot song. Yeah. If you're so unfamiliar with her music. I think uh, that's probably her best known yeah. song. You know, you know what surprised me when I heard that song? I didn't know it was Joni Mitchell that sang that, and really? I and I and I thought that was a more contemporary song that came out in the past, you know, ten years wow. or so. So you heard the uh, the cover by Counting Crows or something like that. I'm, I'm sure I have, but I I'd heard Joni Mitchell sing it before. Oh, and you thought I, that I version always, was actually a newer song? Yeah, that I, oh. I, I wouldn't have attributed that to Joni yeah. Mitchell at all. And that came out in seventy. Yeah. Was it seventy two, seventy three? Yeah, about that. About that. Age. It was on Ladies of the Canyon. Uh-huh. And that came out in 70, 1970. So yes, that's Holy a pretty cow, old man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's really well recorded. I mean, like her, the recording for albums I like a lot too. I think they they're very crisp sounding in a way that not all folk music was back then. Mm-hmm. David Crosby produced her first album. No, oh, yeah, I, I, I do that recording. too. Yeah. Uh, also known as uh, songs song to a seagull, uh-huh. yeah. which actually was. From yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Uh-huh. You know that? Did you ever read that? Oh yeah. Yeah. The the first album was produced by David Crosby, and I think in a way it doesn't sound quite as crisp. Maybe it it has a it has a good sound to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, but there's something something a little more haunting on that album 
it's like well, I, and again, this may be tied to my memories of it as a child because right. that's one of the ones that kind of stands out as like this. There was something a little disconcerting about that album to me. Is, uh, is it a tribute to you no know, poor recording? No, I don't think so. No, not really. It just it was it's the like, music itself. It's a little bit the music. She had a very these very kind of dramatic chord changes and and. Um, well, the, the, does like it's a minor. The, this minor has kind key. of a dark sound, to right? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, it's it's not like an upbeat. It's not like uh, yeah. it's very kind of intense, really. And yeah. when you're like five or six years old and hearing this, you don't really know what to make of this kind yeah. of stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, but it it stuck with me, and you know, and I think as a kid, I I kind of wouldn't have said that I liked it that much, but as I got older, I really mm-hmm. came to appreciate it uh, much more. Uh, this song, I mean, I, as an aside, I, I, this is one of the songs that I like. Yeah, yeah. I did this one. This actually was sampled by the band PM Dawn. Yeah, uh, for one of their songs on their their really well their breakthrough album, um, which I can't remember what the album was called, but the song is, was uh, Whisper. Mm. What what part of the song do they sample? And, well, here, and, and I, I wonder. I, if I you will can show you because I can I can. Do that exactly yeah. that. I'm a handy dandy iPad. Their very first one. PM Don is what you call PM Don. They're kind of the hip hop. So no, that doesn't make any sense. That, the name of that band doesn't make any sense. PM PM Don. Yeah. yeah. Don. That's dusk. PM is dusk. Right. And I think that's the whole point. It's kind of this like contrast. All right. It's well, not, I'll go not, with that. It's not just dawn, morning dawn. It's, yeah. Here it's the Bliss album, 1993. Uh, the song was um, Ways of the Wind. Here it is. Same guitar, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is an actual sample. So. But it becomes a very different song in a moment here. So did you read that somewhere? Did no, you I had this out. I, I bought. I had this album, yeah. and, and I said, "Wow, that's that's Joni Mitchell." And I, I knew right away. Yeah, yeah. Cause like I said, that song. Heard it a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. that song had been in my head, just part of my childhood. <laughs> and I think a lot of people hear this album have no idea where that comes from. Yeah, and but I, they say, "Oh, that sounds familiar." Yeah. yeah. Like right here, she he's singing, same melody she sings. Yeah, yeah. But different lyrics. It's, it's, well, clearly they know that. Mm-hmm. Clearly they know that they're sampling Joni Mitchell. Well, yes, they. <laughs> it's like they, happenstance. I think they, yeah, it's not just by accident that yeah. they. <laughs> but then it gets much more, much more beat than she ever had to hers. Yeah. Anyway. But still, the guitar in the background is the same one. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, so, and it's a beautiful sound. It is, yeah, and it works well nice. for their song too. I yeah. think, but that whole album, I, I find has that feeling to me of like sort of a, a darker yeah um, it's different because I think I think the later the next couple kind of get more they kind of open up to me a bit they're more like in like a song like Morning Morgantown uh, is such a happy it's like Snow White waking up Mm-hmm. And like singing with the birds, you know. Like, <laughs> how how far along in there is the, is the clouds? Because clouds is clouds is her second album, and yeah. that's where um, Chelsea Morning is on clouds. And I was just playing that a moment ago. But there's also uh, that song about the midway, which I think is 
a little more downbeat, but it's just got this beautiful melody. This is one of my favorite albums, favorite songs by her. Like I really like the the lyrics and the, such a beautiful melody. This is really pleasant. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I've, I learned a lot about Joni Mitchell as I was reviewing these albums and discovered some songs that uh, I, I knew that I already liked and attribute, was able to like identify that she, in fact, was the one who sang that. Like both sides now. Wow. In clouds, you know. Well, that is the same song. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Clouds is yeah. both sides now. I mean, it's it's named the album name. And and the taxi and the uh, and right, right. You know, and probably two or three other songs. If I thought about it, I could I could rattle off. But uh, that Joni Mitchell sang those, I wouldn't be able to tell you to, tell you until uh, yeah. I did this review with these things. Uh, along with that, of course, we we listened to a bunch of uh, of her other songs and. Being unfamiliar with Joni Mitchell's music, um, I realize that you know, as much as I really like those few songs of hers mm. that uh, I do like, the, all the other songs—not not all of them, but so many of them—you <laughs> know, she she has a uh, a high pitch that she hits in many of her songs that. Uh, I had a very difficult time. <laughs> I, I can see this is going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, want, I want to be, you know, diplomatic about this sure, and, and sure. not tell it to say well, anything. Yeah. But but it, it, you don't it, have to like everything. With in, in my experience uh, or my uh, opinion, you know, I had a very difficult time, you know, to to use an unpleasant word, enduring. Wow. <laughs> the whole song. Wow. You know? <laughs> and in fact, I I was listening to the albums and I. And I I had him going in the background, or I was, I'd try and focus on him as best I could mm-hmm. uh, while I was, you know, trying to multitask. And uh, I, 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 if I heard a song that I was enjoying, I was able to stop and like say, "Hey, I like this song. What's the name of it? Let me, let me listen to the lyrics and learn something about this." But by and large, uh, she'd hit a high note in the song, and it totally turned the entire song. Shattered your yeah. your brain for a moment. You know, and if in it. And, well, and, and and even in the songs that I like, she does that, but it, it's not so over overbearing. Yeah. But many of her songs, it is kind of uh, it cast a whole. <laughs> it just rubs you the wrong way. It does that. Well, you know, I, I I can identify with what you're talking about. I mean, I and I can probably guess a few of the songs uh, where that might have been the case. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. I mean, it, I don't like everything she does. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm a big fan, but yeah. After well, after well, it's fair to say about any artist that were well, well so of yeah. course, is the Beatles. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there are, there are a few bands where, like, I like a majority of what they do, and, and uh-huh. for her, I like I really like everything up to Court and Spark. Yeah, quite, quite a lot. After that, we also listened. Well, we you know, we actually haven't told people what we uh, listened to for this this. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 says, I referred to the first eight albums. Right, uh, right. Yeah, well, that was what it was. And, yeah. and just to go through that list, that's uh, Joni Mitchell, a.k.a. Song to a Seagull, which was 1968. Uh, Clouds, which was 1969. 
Ladies of the Canyon was 1970. Blue was 1971. For the Roses was 1972. Court and Spark, 1974. We skipped her live album, Miles of Isles, 1974, because I personally don't really care much about live albums. I mean, I know they can be good, but they don't mean that much to me. Yeah, I struggle with live albums. I, I like going to live shows, but yeah. I don't really get a lot out of live albums. There are some exceptions, like, you know... Uh, Cheap Trick Live in Budokan. Okay, that one. <laughs> but it's like Lynn Skinner when they, uh, there's a couple, there's I a live album there. I know another live album. Yeah, yeah there, there are a few pretty iconic ones. That, that what song is it you want to hear? <laughs> huh? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I, another example for me would be, uh, well, Peter Frampton. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a freaking. Great Although album. I, I never owned, I never owned that album, and I, uh-huh. I probably heard a lot of it just on the radio. You yeah. Know, and, uh, but I, I appreciate some of the live context works better for some of those songs. The same thing with the Cheap Trick songs, which I, I was a big, pretty big Cheap Trick fan too. Yeah. But, uh, but the way they come across in concert, like I want you to want me, is a far better song live than yeah. it ever was in the studio. Because in the studio version, it's much more plinky and sort of mm-hmm. like very contained and cute but it doesn't have much power to it but then when they play it live it's just like bam yeah so anyway we're getting off track here but um we didn't bother with her live album so um, yeah and we agreed on that and then the next one was uh the hissing of summer lawns 1975 and hijira 1976 and that's where we stopped Mm -hmm. and those two albums for me were the The least least well known yeah of her things to me everything court and spark and before i heard I have actually on CD, and but I also those are the ones I. So what are the years for those to. last two albums? Is it seventy four and seventy six? Uh, seventy five and seventy six. And my parents had those, mm-hmm. but they didn't play them as much. Mm-hmm. And I always thought of them as like the weird albums, like like they were just some sort of like odd music. I think I must have heard them at least once or twice, and just realized that this is not the Johnny Mitchell I'm used to hearing. And in retrospect, now that I'm older and understand what's going on in those albums, it's it's her jazz influence coming into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they and she became a little unbearably jazzy as her career went on, and I just I can't deal with that. Yeah. No, I like jazz. I mean, I like yeah. I love some jazz, like Miles Davis and the '50s cool jazz and, and earlier big band stuff is great, you know. But the kind of jazz she was integrating was more of this like smooth. Not quite smooth jazz, mm-hmm. but this kind of uh, not just not jazz that I really have a whole lot of appreciation for, and it wasn't pure jazz anyway. It was just sort of influenced by jazz, yeah. and she got really yeah. pretentious, I think, and huh. it, it just kind of ruined it for me. And I don't hurt her feelings, but want to hear this. She's not a very nice person. Did I mention that? What? <laughs> well, is she bitter? Um, I, this would come up eventually in this discussion. Might as well talk about it now. <laughs> She she was she was. Uh, I can't wait to hear this. She's kind of a genius, you know. I'm I'm gonna go right there and say that. I mean, she's she is one of the greatest mu- music people we have mm-hmm. uh, in popular music. I mean, she's she was hugely impactful, and she did, was doing things nobody else was doing. Her songwriting was yeah. unlike anybody else. Like like there are a lot of folk female folk singers, but very few of them were as like experimental with their. Yeah. Um, the, the, the chord changes and the music and just uh, her singing I mean whether you like the high pitches or not I mean yeah. she she was just her melodies kind of just 
had a really interesting flow to them most of the time. She, Oftentimes. She Oftentimes. was rarely, yeah. rarely uh, satisfied just singing like a straight yeah. melody. Like Big Yellow Taxi is an exception, for example. You yeah. know? But uh, so many times her belly is going places you would never expect a song to go, like, or at least a commercially, a radio song you yeah. know, or something. You know, and, and I make reference to her sometimes when she hit those high pitches. It, it's not the entire song is like that. No, there are no, many parts of no, parts of the particular song that I really enjoyed, but I couldn't listen to. But then I had a hard time listening to the whole right, thing because there'd right. be these other parts, you know. Yeah, yeah, she can hit some really high notes that are. Oh man! <laughs> kind of go right to your brain if yeah. you're having it on loud enough. The fork in my hand, that I, I almost lost an eye one time. <laughs> It was almost better, preferable to having to, well, your, your ear maybe, just jam it right in there, pierce your eardrums rather than have to hear another Joni Mitchell high pitch. Her creativity didn't stop, but she went in these directions that I, I personally don't find very enjoyable. Hmm. Um, so I just, I, I listened to one of her, I owned one of her 90s albums, uh, what was it called, Wild Things Run Fast, um, and that was, it, oh, it's 82. Jeez, I thought it was. Um, that was close. No, actually, you know, I had that one, but I also had Night Ride Home. That's what that one I was thinking of. That was 91. Mm-hmm. And that had some pretty good stuff on it, but overall, like, her voice was not what it used to be. It was yeah. starting to, I mean, it may be enjoyable in its own way, but it was kind of, like, affected by smoking. What about the high pitch thing? Well, cigarettes killed that, so she couldn't do well, that. Well, maybe I might like that. Maybe, you might. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so. Well, here, here's, here's one song. Uh... Let's see what what is it? Oh, coming from the coming from the cold, you might you might even know this. I don't know. Coming in from the cold, that's a Bob Marley tune. I just find them a little on the bland side overall, with some really good songs here and there. But um, back in 1957, we had to dance a yeah, I I, I kind of like the rhythm of this, but to, I, I miss her guitar. I mean, well, that's the thing, she. Her, I mean, I'm sure she's still playing throughout these songs, yeah. but it becomes less of a focus, and yeah. and I think for me that's part of maybe part of the problem too. Is it's, I think the production ends up sounding a little too slick for me a lot of times too, and just like this is a really I, I like the song a lot. This is a got a yeah. good melody, and, and her singing out here is still pretty good. She yeah. still had a pretty good range. Later on, I think it got worse. Like she was a heavy smoker throughout her life, and she's still mm. alive. Um, but That's I and I think it just kind of killed her voice, or it yeah. definitely changed it. Right? Yeah. yeah, again, people might. Well, she's still at a ripe old age of seventy-five right now. So. Yeah. Well, she apparently uh, nearly died a few years ago from some something. She, was that right? Uh, I don't remember what it was now, but uh, so she's she's been in pretty bad health recently. Hmm. But here's the thing: she she is now this angry old woman who just uh, at what. Just she rails at the world like like she just feels like she was mistreated and and never got her fair share and she like she thinks she's called Bob Dylan uh, a pretender basically. Uh, oh what? Come yeah, on, man. no, no. Yeah, she it's so far. She place. gives almost nobody else their credit, but she expects her yeah. everybody to give her credit for her achievements, and she thinks she's not been given her fair dues. I mean, and I disagree with that. I think the things that she really deserves it for, she's gotten tons of credit yeah. for. And I think well, she, is know, she, she doing she, all right? I mean, is, uh, is she living under a bridge somewhere? Or she's she, she, not living under a bridge, but I think 
I think she is. She has burned a lot of bridges. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't live under one, but she has burned <laughs> a lot of them. Um, and I, I think she's she's lost a lot of friends along the way. Yeah. She's lost a lot of fans by both from oh, where's the love? Changing though? quality of her music, but also yeah. she's just not person you really is she in political at all no not really she just sounds angry about a lot of stuff and and it's fine to be angry at the right things but she doesn't sound like she's being angry at the right thing it sounds like she's had this like thing stewing in her head about it just well maybe she's she's facing some neurosis that uh, yeah I mean who knows I'm trying to I don't want to be judgmental about it I, I still I still I don't let it affect my appreciation of her earlier stuff I still yeah. I kind of well, have this you, Dave thank you I'm, <laughs> I'm very proud of myself for this uh, no I ch- it's so charitable yes well I, I, I because I want to continue to enjoy these albums yeah. I, I don't want them to be affected too much by yeah. just the fact that she's not necessarily all that with it these days or whatever yeah. um, I kind of compartmentalize I, I think of well, you the know, later I, Joni Mitchell as like this whole different person. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, I, I uh, yeah. perhaps you're familiar with uh, Michelle Shock's songs, you know, and some of her early stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I oh, she fond was great. Of. Yeah, yeah. And and then I then I learned, you know, she there are some changes in her life that I don't necessarily agree with, and she got all religious on this and was like oh, know, castigating right. homosexuals. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really no, that's, approve of that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I doesn't make me appreciate her music less. Right. Although you know, there there comes a time, it comes a point in which it does make it really hard. I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't heard what she said specifically, yeah. but but for somebody where like you feel like there was some sort of event in their life where they they suddenly found God and and mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. fundamentalism or whatever it is that made them start thinking this way. That's that's a little easier to take than the idea that maybe they were like this all along, you know. Yeah, you know yeah, like, something happened. Like if it's yeah. just if it's just that they finally started feeling more comfortable saying these things, and that's somehow obvious. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder to take, you know. Yeah. And and uh, like if well, somebody, I'm choosing the most charitable interpretation. Yeah, of yeah, right. I mean, you, you can rationalize, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm and if, that's if it helps, if it helps you yeah. appreciate it, you know. Yeah, because yeah, I don't, I don't want to lose those songs. Yeah, not and I, those I, songs. you know, for Johnny Mitchell, it's just disappointing hearing the things, reading about the things she yeah. has said about people and to people and yeah, that's pretty it's sad. not so much that she like come out as like some evil person it's just yeah. it just doesn't sound like somebody I'd, I'd mm-hmm. be too interested to know but her the early Joni Mitchell was just fascinating I, yeah. think. I think she just seems like an amazing person and musician and just well, you know, creative force my, my impression of uh, of who she is with, without really identifying with the music as much of an opportunity that you had listening to it in your youth uh, she strikes strikes me as a kind of a more progressive, yeah, artist. Yeah, you mean like politically progressive, or you just yeah? She know, doesn't really allude to much uh, politics. No, in, you're in right. Music, she, but uh, I, you I, I, I kind of get that, that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it comes through even if she doesn't yeah. talk about it directly. There's a freedom about people, her that, right? Uh, right, and I think people, I think artists can sometimes like talk about other subjects in ways that imply that they are also. Yeah, you can kind of connect the dots. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, I think she she didn't necessarily get political, but I mean, so many of her songs are written from a personal point of view, and it's not always her own personal point of view. Mm-hmm. But she very frequently is telling stories about about a person or, or from one person talking about another. Yeah, she's not one to make big, broad statements usually. Although yeah. Big Yellow Taxi sort of is. Well, but again, yeah, that yeah. that's from a very personal perspective. But she's obviously talking about the environment, not 
yeah. you know, they're paving it over, you know, they're ruining mm-hmm. the world. Of course, that song is actually very overtly political, really, right. I mean, or, or progressive. You know? and, and, and from one of her earlier albums, there's a song called Marcy. Yes, and that's a great song. It's a great uh, song, you know, and she, and she it, what, what, what first captured me about that was, uh, you know, she uses the, the, you know, a red light red, it's a red light, yellow light, green light, yeah. and she uses different explanations as what the different colors mean. Oh, throughout the right. song, yes. and, it, yes. and it really captured me. I thought that was really a great tune. It was so artistic, and there it is now. Well, what do you know about that? Well, what a coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I thought that was very skillfully done. Right. Right. And and when I heard this song and and listened to it a second and third time, um, it I, I did have an appreciation for her skills, and her songwriting ability. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, when you think about this, this is her first album. Yeah, I mean the the sophistication on this album, mm-hmm. lyrically and musically, it's like it's no wonder people took notice. And, yeah, and this one doesn't get as much critical praise as her some of her the next few, mm-hmm. but I think it's just <clears> really <throat> remarkable. I mean, because at this time you had people like Judy Collins who covered both sides mm-hmm. now and that's probably yeah. the song the version you may have been more familiar with initially yeah. but yeah. but she was more of a, a Judy interpreter Collins. Judy Collins was more of an interpreter she didn't write a lot of her own yeah. stuff she may have done a few but she usually sang other people's stuff uh-huh. so you had people like her um, like people, let's see the Mamas and the Papas they all most of their stuff was written by John Phillips and, and these uh, are contemporaries of yeah them. contemporaries of that era you know I think they had um there's another one. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of. Um, uh, <laughs> I can't think of it. Uh, she wrote, "Holy smokes, what is it?" Uh, well, if I may interrupt yes, your train yes, of thought, perhaps you'll yeah, think of what I'm, yeah. I'm talking. But uh, when, when I think of Joni Mitchell, I also think of Joan Baez, and I, I don't know how close she related. To right. Are. Well, that's where, where does it, where does yeah. She was another example that I probably would have come up next. Is she Joni Joan Baez is like more. More related to Bob Dylan's early stuff. Yeah. Like, are, are they, are very they from simple. the same era, though? Joan Baez was a little earlier. Joan okay. Baez was, like, early 60s. Okay. I mean, and they overlapped, of course, yeah. but... Um, Joan Baez came up around the same time as Dylan. They were boyfriend-girlfriend, too, but I don't know if you knew that for a couple so of Joan years. Joan Baez? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I did. But she's also a very talented songwriter, but she... Hers were much more very traditional folk structures. Yeah. You know? She didn't yeah. do this kind of stuff where it was like not the way Johnny Mitchell does yeah um oh Laura uh, Laura Nyro uh are you trying to think of a second yeah yeah um she played say, piano say, say your name again uh Nero Nyro I never know how to pronounce it N-I-R-O N-Y-R-O N-Y-R-O yeah she's, a, she's an amazing songwriter and singer but her thing was piano and, and yeah she she's clearly the inspiration for a lot of uh uh, some of the female s- singer songwriters of like the 80s, and uh, uh, I'm thinking of people like uh, uh, Tori Amos mm-hmm. and uh, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> What's the funny about Tori Amos? <laughs> if I may digress, go ahead, please do. <laughs> I'll stop the music so you I'm can digress. <laughs> I'm hanging out with some friends. <laughs> And we we might have had a couple beers, and uh, Tori Amos song comes on, and somebody says, "Oh, that's Tori Amos," and my buddy goes, 
I tore my amos one time. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> And I was about halfway through a swig of beer, and I almost spit it out. Right. I almost, I didn't, but I almost did. Was that's? I have to admit that's that's so, kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> as crude as I think that was meant to be, it was pretty. Crude. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's that's kind of funny. I've never heard that one before. And I'm actually a fan of Tori Amos too. Yeah. So I, I, I couldn't yeah. tell you what she sings. Yeah, Cornflake Girl. Was yeah, her big one. Cornflake Girl. Yeah. All right. Lauren here was uh, she's heavily influenced this other group of uh, Nellie McKay is another uh, person who she's piano based and and there's this like uh, kind of a theatrical nature to the the performance mm-hmm. like, like uh, Lauren Era wrote uh, at least one hit song for the Fifth Dimension. Uh, no I think, kidding. I think it was Up Up and Away. No wait, no wait. Did she write that or was? Oh no, no. Uh, wedding, no, wedding, Moon. wedding bell blues. <laughs> Do you know that song, Wedding Bell Blues? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Every time we talk about music, Dave, I I, I become so impressed with the breadth of oh. your familiarity and knowledge <laughs> about this stuff. Uh, it's well, really cool. I don't know. It just it it soaked in. I'm, Sometimes I can't remember the simplest names, though, you know? Like, yeah. uh, I, but do you come back to it like you just did? With yeah, Lord? usually, yeah. usually. It comes around eventually. But. Yeah. Um, when you, when you get, oh, here, here's, this is a great, when Stone you Soul. my age. This is Stone Soul Picnic. Your age, oh yeah, like, <laughs> so much older than me. And who, who this is... This is Laura Nero. Right. This is Stone Soul Picnic from her. She's uh, a bit, a bit Carol King like too. Oh yeah, there's another fantastic songwriter. Carol King had so many hits that weren't even hers. She wrote so many of the great '60s songs, or co-wrote them with her husband. I like this chick's voice. She's got a great voice. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. But but just watch where the song goes. It just keeps changing. Just a little bit there. We're just this is Lorenio. Yeah. And she was this. Uh, that's that's her there. She sounds very soulful. She's this white Jewish girl from yeah. uh, New York City. And what, what year did the song come out? Uh, Sixty, sixty-eight. No kidding. Yeah. It sounds like it can. Well, maybe not totally contemporary, but a fairly recent song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the production is really good. Okay. It's after the chorus. Yeah. Well, like I said, it keeps something's changing. gonna happen. Something's gonna happen, people. Watch out! <laughs> I've been playing this whole song. Here it comes. So she just does these things. She like I, I could listen to this, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should go on here. No? Yeah. Uh, well, we well we could. She I, I'm gonna replace uh, all my Joni Mitchell recordings <laughs> with Lauren Hero, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the ones that have the high pitched. No, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm just gonna commit. Oh come on. <laughs> Eric likes Joni Mitchell. Don't listen to. Him. <laughs> No. Uh, oh wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> Wedding Bell Blues. I want to play that uh, just because you probably know that. 
Um. Nice piano, man. She was a great piano player. This is something. Oh yeah, I told you. Oh, yeah. So this is her version. It's not the hit version. The hit version was the Fifth Dimension, which was just a little bit faster than this. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hearing I'm hearing the Fifth Dimension version, but yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with the song for sure. Yeah. Won't you marry me? Yeah. Um, we're getting a lot off the Joni Mitchell subject here. <laughs> that's okay. Talking about her contemporaries, yeah, is certainly worthwhile. And, and and coming back to the whole Carol King thing, yeah, I love Carol King. Yeah, yeah, and the whole that Tapestry album. Tapestry is an amazing that, album. That there are often times I'm listening yeah. to it, it brings tears to my eyes. You know, yeah, it's like that's so a powerful good. album. That's, yeah. a, that's a great, great album. Well, she, um, yeah, she's just uh, one of the greatest songwriters. Uh, period. Pop songwriters of the '60s and '70s, and um, like Tapestry was by far, I think, her. Her high point, yeah, for her own recordings, but she had so many other yeah. things that she did. And, well, what I was about to say was that yeah. I, I think I think what I like to do is get back to actually going through the albums, which we haven't really done at all. We've just been talking very broadly about her. It's true. And, and occasional right. songs right. here and there. Right. So the first album, the one produced by David Crosby. Yeah, we've already talked about that. Pretty. Well, uh, we talked about Marcy and the effect it had on me as a child with the kind of. Little darker tones and it kind of had a very different feel for me and and it kind of stuck with me you know um, how often have you talked to your therapist about this one uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had one well there was one more song on there that I liked it was right after Marcy the um, Sister Tobel Lane is that uh, no no it's, it's it some Nathan Lafreniere yeah that one. Oh, okay yeah that that's a, that's a, actually a great that's song. an interesting album yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting song yeah um I really enjoyed that song. Let's, let's take a quick listen to that one. Yeah, refresh my memory here what that does. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, and well, the, this is, the guitar in this one caught me. Yeah. The, there, there's something that happens in the song, and maybe it was just my recording, yeah. but there's a sound that goes through. It's like an asteroid flying by as a recording or something like that. Interesting. It, and it's a very unpleasant sound that uh, takes away from the song. Oh. I don't know why it's in there. It doesn't make any sense oh. to me. But, I know what you're talking about. Yeah? It's the yes. It's yeah. I don't like it. that either. I have to admit. What the hell? What were they? Uh, it was a poor musical choice. Probably David Crosby idea. Yeah. Um, here it com- comes after. As she sings, she finishes the chorus, and it comes in with this. Here. Yeah. That. It's yeah, harmonica, actually. I, I don't mind that one too much. It happens again, and it's more much louder grading, and grading. much more pronounced. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. It's it's harmonica and it, yeah. it it it's not the prettiest harmonica. Oops. I'm yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that that part of the song. Yeah. Uh, the song that I really love on here uh-huh. is Sisotobel Lane, uh-huh. which you would never think you could have you could fit the words Sisotobel Lane into a song and have it flow well, but she does it. She pulls it off. Uh, she's an amazing. Fact, uh, well, it's S I S O T O W B E L L, and She's Canadian, as you probably know, right? Yeah. So, and I suspect that's a place in Canada. I haven't looked it up. Oh, okay. Right. Just the name kind of makes me think it must be Canadian. So, so totally, yeah, I, I would go so, with that. So here's how she does it. Here, let's take it. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. 
And her singing here, I think, is just beautiful. This this range for her is a good good range for her. Does this bother you? Does that that high that bothers you too? That's not even high. It's this falsetto thing that she does. It's not no, it's not falsetto when you well, have a high voice. Maybe, maybe I'm not using the right. Falsetto term. is a male trying to sing like that. When a woman sings like that, it's just her normal range. Yeah. That bothers you? Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we gotta work it out here for us. Okay. Uh, okay, let's let's move on to clouds. So <laughs> So Clouds is a great album. Uh, it, it gets a little more um, it's got that song about the midway, the one that I mm-hmm. played that I really like. Chelsea Morning is a fantastic song. Woke up. It was a Chelsea morning. Um, oh, would you would you play a clip from that one? The Chelsea morning. Yeah, I please. think we did that earlier, didn't we? Yeah. This is like an early predecessor of Big Yellow Taxi. Right? It's got that kind yeah, of yeah. It does have that kind of rhythm to it. Yeah. Oh, this isn't the song I was uh, thinking it would be. Such a happy little song. It's just this is the one I think was quite a beat. Yeah, it was like Snow White opening up her windows and seeing the birds flying around her head and yeah. the seven dwarves come kind of marching joyful, in man. and just want to help her with their dishes. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the seven dwarves ever helped her with their dishes, but you know, uh-huh. it's just like this happy. Like you don't get much. You know, if somebody wants to wash my dishes, I would be very pleased. Uh, well, I'm not gonna hear it. Yeah. Some dwarves walking in. Oh, that would be a little weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That would be really weird. You're right about that. Um, so anyway, uh, her guitar in this is great, and it's just, and it's just got this melody that, again, it's like it sounds, it sounds uh, organic. It, it, it's, it's like, if you think about it, it's just a melody. It's hard to imagine anybody else coming up with. It goes in places that I don't know. It just—it's not straightforward. It's, it's she, she does. She does like uh, the the tempo and there there's some quality to it. I can't really put my finger on yeah. it. It's kind of jumpy like that. Yeah. Her her lyrics just go so well with this drumming here. I think it's just the whole thing yeah. has this very just it's, it's a perfect mesh. I think of. Yeah. Then she gets really. Like, that would that would have been you know, sorry to insult your song, but that would have been one of the songs I, w- I would have like hit fast forward. I can't believe the next that song. is just nuts. I'm afraid so. That is one of the greatest folk songs of the '60s. I I that, I'm overstating the fact. I'm just trying to. Wait, what I meant to say was that my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's not really one of the greatest folk songs of the '60s. It's a great song though, and yeah. I I just I don't. Is it because she sings high? Is it like every time she goes to a higher pitch? No, no, it. it, it it wasn't necessarily that the uh, rapidity with which she switched from chord to chord, and it was it wasn't it didn't. So feel I guess like you don't like me and Julio down by the schoolyard either because that's pretty much the same kind of thing, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha there. <laughs> well, that's Paul Simon, so it's yeah, oh, it's okay because he's a man. It's not making me want to poke my fucking eyeballs. You're so out. sexist. <laughs> 
oh my god we're supposed to be trying to convince people that actually it's not really what we're here for no we're not trying to convince people of anything but we're talking this is the reviews so then she gets kind of pretentious in this album too though like this song here songs to aging children come yeah it's it's a pretty song that was very nice and uh pleasant but I think it might have some of those parts oh yeah see there we go let's crank this part up a little here <laughs> wait here it comes right yeah, yeah, yeah. thank Sorry. you thank you for um <laughs> so yeah this is damn amazing <laughs> yeah it, it it really doesn't bother me the way it bothers you but yeah. I but I can see how yeah. it might bother you I, I, I will give it to you Both Sides Now it's on this album that's a great song it's a wonderful great, a great tune, song, man. Great yeah. tune. Very, that's a moving song that's yeah. like one of those things where like you listen to it and yeah. kind of chokes well, you up th- there's a um, there's some uh, particularly famous uh, theatrical production that has that in the oh what would that be I'm not sure I might be making mm. that up no I mean could be or you could be confusing it with something else. Oh, I might be confusing it with something else. Yeah. I'm not sure. It ought to be. It ought to be. You should, you should write. You should write that. <laughs> I should write a play just to include that song. Um, third album, Ladies of the Canyon, starts with another one of my favorite ones of her, Morning Morning Morgantown, which, again, I'm not well, sure. You know, we, 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 we've did we talked about clouds one? for a second. Can, oh, can oh you I'm play, sorry. Can you play a hint of clouds just to... Well, that's both sides now. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so the name it, of the song is Both Sides Now. Yeah, and, and she mentioned I've seen clouds. clouds from both sides now. Yeah, clouds from both sides now. Okay. and that's where the, that's so the album title comes from. Yeah, yeah, this is a great song. Yeah. I think our listeners might want to know exactly what song we're talking about if they're unfamiliar with her songs. This is actually some people consider this her best song, like one of her just most iconic. Songs. I, I'd go as far as to say this is probably my favorite song by her. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I am very good. fond of this song. Yeah. yeah. Her, her voice in that range, you have to admit, that's, that's yeah. a great voice. And, and, and you know what? I think what uh, it might be a little vanity thing, but I think that's a range that I can sing in also. It sounds. You wish. It sounds similar to mine. I, I, I can harmonize with her. Come on, you're supposed to be offended by this. <laughs> you, just, you just talked right through it. It wasn't like a... No, yes, I... Well, I, the reality is, yes, I do wish. Yeah, you know. well, okay. There's sure. no way I can keep up with it. Yeah, you, you do have a deeper voice, though, and it definitely yeah. would work better with that. Um, okay, so we played that. Yeah. Okay, so um, Ladies of the Canyon. Uh, this Now, this album, I think... So those first two were definitely, like... Primarily her and the acoustic guitar. Like yeah, that was, yeah. There were a few other things in there, a little bit here and there, like that kind of hideous harmonica. But <laughs> it was going to say that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've never been a fan <laughs> of that part of the song. By yeah. Means, but I think it was around this this album that she started to bring in more. She started bringing piano. Uh huh. Um, she well, started, she plays piano. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Very well. She's yeah. Very good piano player, but one of my least favorite Johnny Mitchell songs is on this album. It's a piano-based song, and I find. This is where she started to get even more. She, well, she always had a slight tendency towards some pretentiousness right. on some of those earlier songs, but this one, the arrangement, 
is is really not one I appreciate very much at all. So we're about to play your we're least favorite song. Yes. Right. Uh, I don't know. Nice there are some later songs of hers that I like even yeah. less. I mean, and I, I don't yeah. hate the song. It's just yeah. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. All right. It it sounds to me like a song where it would be really hard like the melody just doesn't make sense to me somehow like her vocal melody it just sounds like she's going in all sorts of places that she if she were to sing a song again it would be different the next time every, <laughs> like, every time it's different yeah and, and I don't think that's true I, I think yeah. she knows what the melody is but yeah. to me it doesn't sound like a melody that would stick in my head like I, I would have so much trouble yeah. trying to replicate the song without even singing along to it I don't think I could do it huh. I mean it's just I don't know well, not, not really interested in hearing what's going to happen here. She's trying to make a fucking point, you know. Yeah. It sounds like to me. Well, that's true. Yeah, I kind of like that part. It reminds me a little of Susan Vega. Huh? Interesting. Never occurred to me, but I guess I could see that. Susan Vega's got a much smoother voice. Than she. Yeah. Well, there, there was one segment of the yeah, song yeah. that, that uh, brought that to mind. Not this part. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I guess I guess now in respect I'm, I'm hearing the melody a little more but still it's just like it's more about her singing than the the melodies like 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 yeah. if you aren't Joni Mitchell singing the song it ain't happening yeah. it's a completely different song which yeah. I guess that's true of most songs but it's, it's pretty inconsistent with what the piano's doing maybe that's it I don't know there's something about it that yeah. it just feels like it's trying too hard or she's trying too hard or I don't know I know. So it just, I, I don't enjoy it very yeah. much. If, if there were parts song, of the song that did that, I would be okay with it, but yeah. it's, it, it's kind of you know, the whole it's like thing. Three right. Of I think that's, maybe that's yeah. it. And I just, I just like, I was listening to this in the car and I came on and I just, it just really, yeah. just hard to listen to. Um, well, that's been my experience for like. <laughs> apparently that's this. more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I think if it, I don't mind her voice going high if it's in the in the, in the service of a, a really yeah. amazing melody or song or whatever you know. Just so this album also has Big Yellow Taxi. Uh-huh. It has Woodstock, which, as we all know, is the original version uh-huh. of the Crosby, Stills and Nash song. You know this, right? Yeah. yeah well, okay. no, I didn't know it was the original. Yeah. The, the she, wrote the, she wrote the song. Ah. They covered Can you hear her version. She played it for them. She didn't even hear. Here's a little story. Oh, I'm digging this. Time for story. I haven't yeah. been doing too many of those tonight, but but she didn't even go to Woodstock. She was invited. Oh, I, I meant to ask you earlier. She was invited. Yeah. But she also had a talk show. I think it was a Dick Cavett show. Maybe she yeah. had to appear on the cool. next day, and she was afraid. And I think maybe her manager put it into her head that this might be the case. That if she went up there, she would have to fly or helicopter up there get up there do the performance and get back and make it back in time for the, the talk show which yeah. was like the next morning or even the same day I forget 
Here it is. Good choice. Um, so this is her. This is one of her piano based songs. Her? Yeah. yeah. Who? Joni. This is, we're back to Joni. Yeah. This oh, is, right. This on. Is the song Woodstock. So she didn't even attend Woodstock because of that thing with the talk show. As it turned out, Crosby, Stills, Nash did do the show, obviously, famously. That was their first ever gig. Did you know that? I did not know that. That was their first. They had just um, formed their trio from uh-huh. the Ashes of the Birds and Buffalo Springfield and the Hollies. And they formed and they played their first gig at Woodstock. And they sounded fantastic. Oh, anyway, yeah. But they got back in time for the talk show. So she could have done it, uh, as it turned out. Um, so which of those guys was with the Hollies? Uh, Graham Nash. Is that right? He was one of the lead singers for the Hollies, yeah. Because they, they sing that long, cool woman in a black. That was after he left was that right? the group. That was a different singer. It's, uh, it was a, there was the other main singer who was also in the earlier songs. Yeah. But he sings like, there's a uh, Carrie Ann. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, that sounds familiar. Like, I'll, I, I I'll play it in a minute. I'll get to that. Uh, well, I am digging this uh, version. It sounds really nice. Yeah. So, so this is she, like the version. She wrote it. She wrote it. It. She played it for them and they immediately loved it. Crosby still isn't it. So right. they took it. They rocked it up yeah and um and they had a huge hit with it she didn't have a hit with hers but um and actually I think they may even beat her to releasing it or maybe it was released at the same time but she based her 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 thing on what Graham Nash described to her about being there so like I said she wasn't there it is but she was Oh. She saw TV footage of it, and she she heard. So this is written after the fact. Yeah. Afterwards. Right. Well, it had to, I mean, she's describing the situation there, which she couldn't have known before. I guess she did this. Yeah. Um, so I this could, was, I could have put that together. But it was yes. Yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't that much of a for, uh, She wasn't that, that much of a seer. Um, she. Yeah, but I think it was written right after, like immediately after it happened, and and released very and that's why their hit was probably so because it was so timely it was also that anyway well you know as I'm listening to, I, uh, can, can you play uh, CSN's uh, sure um, version of that song yes because I you know I think after having heard a little more of that one uh, and maybe it's familiarity mm-hmm with Crosby, Sills, and Nash's version of that, but I, I think I like it. Yeah, man, listen to that. That's, like, really nice. Look, you're bopping your head, too. Man. Oh, you I weren't doing that for Johnny version. Yeah. I, I, heard, this is the, I heard this version first. Yeah. Well, no, actually, it's probably not true. Probably heard of my parents' yeah. album, but I, at the time, I didn't. I was too young to recognize. And so she's she's doing it on the keyboard by herself, you know, which is yeah. obviously going to be a different sound. Yeah. I like I love her version actually. Um, I do love what they did with it here too though. Yes. They made it so much of a different sound. And their harmonies on the chorus are just fantastic. So uh, I think we're just about done talking about Ladies of the Canyon. But the the song at the end of this is the Circle Game, mm-hmm. which um, was a also a big hit for a singer named Tom Rush, yeah. who I think in this day and age is not very well remembered I, 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 I wouldn't know he's very yeah. he was he was pretty big folky at the time and yeah. I'm not actually that familiar with most of his stuff I just know that he uh, had a hit with that song yeah. and well, <laughs> and just the, the name of the song though Circle yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and that 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 rings a bell with me right off the bat, and, and I'm familiar. Right, with there's that. a very the chorus is very yep. memorable. Mm-hmm. Circle game goes round and round. Yeah. And it's not really one of my favorite songs by her. It seems it's almost a little too simple. It's a little more a little it, too traditional. It is really simple, and and, and and that also. Uh, and, but there's something about you know familiarity with it. You know, because right, you, you yeah. get halfway through the song and you know the song all of a sudden. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Do you, do you mind if we should I, uh, should I play a little little yeah. tad a little little tad bit? <laughs> it's a word I use that most people don't use. Tad. Tad. I'm familiar with tad. Do you know hoot nanny? Yeah, I don't use the word very much. Hoot nanny's awesome. It is a great word. <laughs> <laughs> so this this really this is on her third album, but I this feels to me like a song from her first or second. Like. There is some similarities. I think I think right. she. Yeah. I actually, reading about this, I think she might have written this early on and didn't get around to recording it until yeah. the final. One. It would have fit in well with any of those albums. I think what I don't care for so much is the sing along part of this. Yeah, I wish that wasn't happening. That's like yeah. Yeah, Peter Paul and Mary to me or something. Yeah, right. right. Which I like a few of their songs, but that's. I wish she would have done that. Yeah. That's too bad. It was just her singing. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. That's Tom Rushers. It does nothing for me. I wish she had just sang it by herself. Yeah. Like, it would have been so much better, I think. You hear that, Joni? You blew it. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're bitter. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joni. I, I, I love you, Joni. I just don't love you older... The older Joni. Yeah. Now yeah, we get to the, nice the meat of the Joni Mitchell discography. Is that right? I'm this is the meat we're putting my on now? fist into my palm because this is great stuff. Blue. What, what? You go, boy. But blue is, is. I'm hearing some echo. It <laughs> comes from that? the guitar. Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't know if you guys are hearing that, but my voice is resonating from a guitar on the wall at the moment. But, um. It, it, you just have blue this is considered. Thank you. Uh, blue is considered, and I agree. It's one of the the, the mm-hmm. pinnacles of the singer songwriter yeah. thing of the seventies, and it's just such such a solid album. And so like, every song, almost every song, is just uh, so well written. That it just the stories are fantastic. Her voice is great. The guitar playing is great. Anyway, I, it's got it's got some of my favorite, <laughs> many of my favorite Joni Mitchell songs, and it's one of the ones I love listening to front to back, the most. Well, this and Court, Court and Spark, I think, I can, yeah. are the ones I just really enjoy hearing all the way through the most. And some of the highlights on this album are "All I Want," the, the leadoff song. Um, well, don't just tease us with the name of it. Let's hear it. So it it has a very. Uh, it's a very personal song, just uh-huh. a very personal perspective. In fact, with the whole album, that's one of the things about it, is just how she had sort of been branching on to more broad statements on the other albums like before this, but she really just reined it in and made it a very personal album. Mm-hmm. And so much about her love affairs. Oh, in fact, some of these songs are part of the James Taylor thing that I was talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. We there about are a couple on here, too, that are specifically about him. 
Like her, 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 just her melding of lyrics and music on this album are just sort of the, she does better here, I think, than almost anywhere else hmm. in her discography. What what is, what is it about this period of life? Do you think that influenced that? Is is there anything going on that? I, I think she was just reaching she... some kind of. I don't. I don't think it was being influenced by anybody else. Yeah. It was. It was just she was reaching the height of her powers. Yeah. Essentially, huh. I think her songwriting was really had come to this level of sophistication, yeah. and, and her guitar playing only got better. You know, and yeah, it all kind of just came together into this. Kind of perfect storm of hmm. songs and singing and playing, and, and she has some backing uh, musicians on here, but they're so subtle that you really don't think about them very much. Like there's a little little drum there going on, very subtle. Um, Stephen Stills apparently plays bass, I think, on a couple hmm. songs on the album. On the album, and um, a couple other people guest uh, guest star on it. And uh, anyway, so let's move on to another song here, uh, Carrie, which is one of the best known songs on here, I think. It's just, I love this song. The guitar sounds very similar to what you just played. The, the music on here, the guitar sounds very much like a Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you could almost imagine them harmonizing together over this same uh-huh. background music. Well, in fact, Steven Sills might be playing bass right here, too. So. Now, does that bother you, that high pitch right there on this song? Because if you say yes, I'm going to not like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Um, because it's you know, not it, piercing it, there. It's it, not, it doesn't... It's not piercing, but, but it, it's not... You don't not, hit every I, time she gets to high pitch, do you? It's like There are times when it seems appropriate to me, but when she gets up there and hangs out there and, like... Yeah. Sings at that level, it, 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 you know, I, I find that unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's one part in the song. Like, where she her, her voice high. right there. Her voice is so lovely right there. I mean, why not sing that way? Because when you're up here, it sounds, it sounds, that yeah, you know, it's, it sounds uh, artificial, yeah, contrived almost. I and I, I agree with you on some songs of hers that are. It comes across contrived. Here it doesn't to me. Like it just seems just like she's just emoting. Like like her emotions are bringing her up there. Like mm-hmm. to me, it just feels like I don't know. There's a part where she gets super high pitched on this. Oh, okay, right, maybe right here. Nah, it's, it's, toward, <laughs> it's toward the end. Let's see. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, I skipped ahead. Sorry, oh. I skipping. Trying to find the part where she gets really super. Me, me, and your li- me and our listeners don't want you to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I, I won't skip ahead like that anymore. I'm sorry. Okay, then I'm going to move to California, which is actually my favorite song on this album. All right. All right. No doubt about it. I love California. The, lovely right it's there. just such a. I know. It's everything about the song is perfect. I have to grit my teeth through parts of the song. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, 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 that's just. You know, I'm come, stunned. Come in. <laughs> 
coming into this, and, and I know I'd have to tell you this is way during this, but I anticipate. Right oh my god, I love that point, that part. I was gonna have to. Ch- I'm, I'm giving Eric a look right now. I wish you could see the disdain in my face right now. Oh god. This. I just. <laughs> this is gonna happen. <laughs> this is such a great story, so I, I and her her yearning for California is just mm. so. You feel it. I feel it. Yeah, I tell you, man. I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna look up the lyrics. In fact, I didn't look up the lyrics on the songs. I was gonna like understand what she was trying to say, you know, through, yeah. throughout all these albums. And and I started listening to her voice, and I was like, you know, I can't do this, man. I just fucking can't do this. Wow. Wow. I did not expect not that either. kind of treason. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am completely joking. I I you know coming into this whole this, this, what we do with these. Artists, I, I don't expect that we're both going to love yeah. everything. As it turns out, the, the two we've done so far, I'm already a big fans of, a fan of, so there's yeah. not really much I'm going to discover that I, I hate, you know. Uh, but seeing as you don't aren't as familiar with the stuff, I, I have to expect yeah. that you're not going to love it all equally. Yeah. But, but uh, it's just that song. You know, you know what I do love, though, is is, is I'm, I've become so much more familiar. I, I wanted to. Yeah. And and when uh, we come, came across Joni Mitchell as a topic of a uh, one of our podcasts uh, that struck me as like a really great opportunity yeah. to learn some of it yes from the, our discussion so far yeah. right, it's clear to me you you appreciate her talent you, you, she, she's you know, an amazing artist yeah, I, I yeah, will yeah, not dispute yeah, that right and, and guitarist and, as well and I, I think the, what it comes down to is you're just your your uh, your ability to appreciate yeah. the yeah. higher range switches of her range I mean that seems yeah. to be kind of the kind your of real sticking point more than anything else, I don't, it is, it I don't think there's and, anything and, else and, really and, about and, her and, that you dislike so much as that. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, okay. You know, I had this whole list of of points I wanted to talk about, which I haven't even brought out. But one I'm about to get to because that's just why I remembered it. Um, the next song happens to be on the same album. Yes, the next song on this album, right after the California is uh, the answer to my question that I had written here that I was going to ask you. Oh, okay. Is this a quiz? Which of her songs is the one that sounds most like a Led Zeppelin song? (laughs) 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 And of course, there was no... My guess is the next song you're going to There was only (laughs) one answer to that, really. I mean, because I don't think that many of her other... (laughs) I can't think of another song of hers that sounds that much like a Led Zeppelin song. And maybe you won't even hear it, but I, I think you will. It's it's not her singing as much as the, the guitar playing. Yeah. It sounds just like, to me, it's just like a song that could have been on like Led Zeppelin 3, which is their most acoustic yeah. album. Um, we actually cheated, and you, and you, you played the song for me. Uh, oh, did I do this already? Yeah. Okay, and you, but, you know, did you agree with me, right? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah so I did pick it up. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just take a little listen to that. It's like the the chord progression here is something he would do. And some sort of diminished seventh, augmented fifth, fourth, you know. 
This is not a regular chord. This is like weird tuning and everything. Could it have as much to do with the sound of the guitar? It, it's just a kind of a chord that he would play, yeah. like a set of chords that he would play. And also, kind of the slide, there's a slide guitar yeah. going on there that he also did. And I could sort of see Robert Plant singing those songs. Um, in fact, the high pitches sometimes match Robert Plant. Well, I, can, I can tell you it would be my preference to hear Robert. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so, moving along. Does Robert Plant do that song? <laughs> Oh, here's another here's another note of mine. I'm going to ignore you slightly here. But. <laughs> so, Ladies of the Canyon, which was the uh, the one bef- before this album. Yeah. One note I had written as I was listening to: some songs seem to sacrifice melody for poetry. So, and yeah, it, it a lot of the critics the, the, the arrangement. Same thing. The, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I guess I'm on the same page. Yeah. Thing, but it, it, the the arrangement was the example I wrote down here, the the piano one that we talked about earlier. Um, so, so 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 but but say it again the, the she sacrificed sacrificed melody for poetry like no. she's trying so hard to be meaningful you know poetic in a in a poetic way yeah I, I mean, maybe I don't know I'm trying hard to be a poet because she just I think it just comes naturally to some degree for her yeah. but, but I think sometimes the poetry on the album gets a little bit in the way of the melody as well. I mean, just, or just it takes over and makes the song less melodic I guess hmm. I right, right. Um, the next song River is a very famous song of hers I don't know if you knew this one already it's it's often on Christmas compilations hmm. Joni Mitchell's version of it is on Christmas uh, compilations it is I've seen it on some and also Sarah McLachlan has a very good yeah. version of it too that uh, was on at least one compilation it's a very pretty song and like this is, oh, this is very nice. Jingle bells, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like her uh, more impressionistic version of Jingle Bells, but um, it's coming on Christmas, down so it's sort of set in a Christmas thing. Definitely not an upbeat Christmas song by any means. Well, I, 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 I like the, the tone of her voice in this. Yeah, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. It's like it's a very depressing song, yeah. really. That's mm. it. I think it's about a, a romantic relationship gone, gone bad uh, around the uh, holidays. She's the hell out of town. Yeah, about, about being lonely and sad. And, oh. Yeah. oh, it's okay, John. <laughs> It's a beautiful song. I think it's just, it's one of her, one of her more beautiful melodies. Eric's grimacing, as you might have imagined. <laughs> I, I, wow, I, I can definitely see it sometimes, but I, like sometimes it, it needs that emotion. Like if she didn't do that, it, it wouldn't have the power sometimes. Like she. It's her way of just like well, she she, she wields that like a broadsword though you know it's, I don't it's, think it's, so. it's like I think it's more laser targeting seventy percent like, of her songs she hits those notes and it's like she hits them that's every time she doesn't just like try for them she knows where she's well going you know she can get there and, and then kudos to her for being able to do that it's awesome but all right well the next song the case of rattles you. my molars but. this is actually my favorite song the album <laughs> See, that's the problem with this album I love I love so many of the songs on this that. 
every song in here feels like my I, do, I do like this song um, yeah I could drink a case of you yeah. and still be on my feet although actually I, I, I read something about that and I think that's supposed to be a put down actually um, because you're this, is about a, this is about a breakup this is yeah. again and I think she it, talks about Canada yeah oh Canada this might be a James Taylor breakup song I think it was but but the idea of being able to drink a case of you and still be on my feet kind of implies that you're not that like if you seeing about some of you like were just head over heels about it, you drank a case and you'd be like so drunk you know wouldn't that be more the the analogy you know I, I guess that's a, a, an interpretation you could go with but I, I felt like it was like I can't get enough of you well here here's she about this one you're in my blood like holy one this I think she's talking about Canada here as you said I mean she sings that line but I think she changes over the course of the song about who here it's about Canada then the, like the next other verse is about a guy I think oh is that right That sounds like a positive thing to me. I, I think her vocal range here, and I think maybe you'll agree with me. I'm, it's I'm digging beautiful this. vocal range I, for I, her. I do it's like just, this song. Yeah. It's like very warm and comforting. You just heard. Yeah. And I suppose if you sang all her songs in that range, you would be a very big Johnny Mitchell fan, maybe. Or yeah, or at least yeah, a bigger yeah. Johnny Mitchell. I don't want to cuddle with her. <laughs> 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 or just curl up at her feet while yeah, she uh, that, that, serenades you in love with her. Absolutely. That'd be great. Um, okay. I'd, I'd want tater tots. <laughs> tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting. Wow. That's a, that's a cuddle food. Yeah, that sounds like something <laughs> for your therapist, maybe. I'm not sure, but. Um, okay. Anyway, and then the the album ends with "Last Time I Saw Richard," which is a great song too. But I don't need to play every song on here. So then the next album. So she goes from that yeah. in 71. And the live album is in there somewhere, yeah? No, actually that's later. Okay. That's 74. For the Roses is her next one. And mm-hmm. that is a really transitional album for her. Because all the previous stuff, even though there was... Like Ladies of the Canyon had some uh, more interesting stuff starting to happen. Like the piano, whether you like it or not. And then... Blue, she kind of goes back to the more acoustic, completely acoustic sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little piano, river, and all that. But then on For the Roses, where she really starts, it's like a blend of that sound and what ended up being Court and Spark, which is really fully fleshed out, produced, full band kind of sound for the most part. Mm-hmm. There are some exceptions on there too. For the Roses has a bit of both. And she also starts to use like uh, an electric guitar hmm. too rather than just her acoustic like her own playing I think like this one Cold Blue Steel and Sweet Fire oh actually this is it's acoustic it's funny I think of this as a little more I guess it's just a jazzier kind it, of album it is quite jazzy isn't it? Yeah. this has like this could be on Court and Spark too it's, it has that I love the melody in this Yeah, I, I like this also. Well, I think you, if you, I don't know if you thought about it like me, this, me but personally, yes, you personally yeah. would much more appreciate her um, this album and the next, yeah. Chord and Spark, because I think she does less of that thing with her voice that you 
don't care for. Yeah. Um, she sings at a lower range here a lot of time. Like, she doesn't get much higher in this, like in this song. Um, so she has some cool stuff there. And then there's Bar and Grill, which is a really cool song. Yeah. This part actually sounds I, I, I very did, much like flashback I, to her first album with that little. Well, maybe maybe that's the association I'm making because I did dig this song. It was like it was familiar to me when I heard this. Yeah. And the the lyrics in the song are so good. If you yeah. listen closely, it's just it's just she comes up with like uh, just words that nobody else would know. It's I mean you know it's she comes up with uh, just the way she. The way she forms, <laughs> I'm having trouble saying anything right now. And what I'm trying to say is the exact opposite of that: is that she, she takes her thoughts and just puts them into such fascinating ideas. I don't know. I think she. That's really a skill for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then make it like. To say it in a way that nobody else would say. It, yeah. You know, and I, I think she, she's so good at that. And here, like that last bit, maybe yeah. caught it was she was singing like a high, higher voice, but it's more smooth, and it didn't do that. Yeah. So I, and, and and I can I can I can uh, accept that. Uh, yeah. In fact, I, I kind of like it when she looked like this. Thing, yeah. Right. right. Um, oh, for the roses, the the title track here. This one is one of the this this one's definitely about James Taylor. Definitely. Not that she was like with James Taylor for very long. Yeah. But this one. Uh, for, well, from what I understand, from I read a few things or uh, saw a documentary too, or I read a very extensive article about it, but this is kind of a put down. She she insults James Taylor. Kind of. Listen to her. Well, I can't tell here yet. There's a, he's talking about she's talking about him like in hotel rooms with groupies, surrounded by groupies and stuff, and and how he's just sort of like being sucked into the music industry. Kind of. It does help me if you describe what's going on. It's Moffat. It's a poet. So she's like, she pictures him in an office, the record executive, basically, like selling his, selling his soul is what yeah. she said, basically. I think she was disappointed. He started out, you know, with a very confessional singer-songwriter, and he became this, this just, this is my personal opinion coming to play here, but James mm -hmm. Taylor's definitely sold out. If anybody, you know... <laughs> I admit he he was talented, and his first album I think I, I really like a lot of that album. And but then he just became this kind of schlocky. It's just hard to take. And huh. and I think she saw that happening. I think she could see him just getting like swayed by the music industry, the 
the, and, and the, the adoration, the money, maybe, and just, yeah. and just sort of like <clears throat> allowing himself to kind of lose focus of his his major talents. No shit. That, that's what I read into it. And, yeah, and, and so your personal opinion of James Taylor is not up there. Well, I'm agreeing with her, essentially. Yeah. I mean, although she's yeah. got some romantic stuff going on there, too, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, the song is a bit of a, a dig at him for that stuff, but she's also, I think, that was the kind of stuff that also kept him from being more involved in the relationship, from what I was reading about this, Oh, too. I see. I so see. It's, yeah. it's all part and parcel of the whole yeah. thing, as they say. Anyway, it's a beautiful song. I, I think it's one of her prettiest melodies, but it's, it is, when you right? listen yeah. to it, it's not... It's it's completely yeah. different than the melodies in a way. It's it's not totally nasty, but it's it's not. Hmm. It does not shine a, a nice light on him, really. So sucker. Yeah. Also on here is one of her biggest pop hits. You turn me on on a radio. You know Did that you that is that pretty critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, that was a big hit for her actually, or relatively speaking, at the time. Before Court and Spark, which ended up being her most commercially successful mm-hmm. album, I think this was one of her biggest hits. Um, and wh- which album is this? Are we looking this at is For the Roses. Yeah, this is the middle one. This is the one that kind of yeah. blends the early acoustics with yeah. the more polished, produced sound. I think this this song does a great job of being commercial yet holding staying true to her her songwriting nature and she she doesn't give up any of herself to make this a commercial pop song and I think she wrote this to sort of satisfy the record label hmm. but the fact that she's able to do that so well without just like making some Stupid, stupid little, well, yeah, <laughs> makes makes some stupid little songs. Yeah. It's a really good song, and like the lyrics are still pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. I I can't imagine the pressures that the artist must feel to satisfy the freaking label. Oh, they yeah, especially yeah. when there's any sort of success involved already. They uh-huh. t- they want more, you know, and they yeah. just they they if they don't hear another hit on the next album that she brings out or anything yeah. brings out, they either demand it, they strongly encourage it in a way that's like well we're not gonna be able to support this as well if you don't have a hit mm-hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. little veiled threats kind of you know so for the roses uh you know that's yeah and, and as far as the album. acclaim you know it, it kind of like wasn't a high mark for jenny mitchell uh you mean in which way the critically or yeah, commercially yeah. or well, I don't know about commercially, but critically, yeah. it, uh, um, I, I think it got pretty well reviewed. Well, it was it was it, it, crappy, but it, it, it wasn't be, blue. Well, I think right. I think because it's between two such yeah. fantastic albums, uh, it it is sort of forgotten about. But I think, I think maybe hmm. it sort. I think it deserves to be elevated oh, higher. I think right. it's, I think it's close to being on their level. Not quite there, maybe, but right. but um, I, I actually was reading something where some people think it's. Easily as good as the other two, if, if hmm. not even their favorite. Yeah. So I mean, it, obviously, probably for every album of hers, there's somebody who right. you know, finds that to be their favorite. Who, who finds her voice just uh, a little high? <laughs> <laughs> or that too. Yes. Uh, there's probably somebody who loves like her later albums that I think are not even close to these, but yeah. they probably find those 
they, they discover her baby through those and yeah I appreciate I don't know you know they're, they're hippie parents uh, yeah those are weird people <laughs> <laughs> Those are weirdos. <laughs> deserve don't deserve to have an opinion about pretty much all that. Um, okay, so somebody gets a Court and Spark. Bold. I know, I'm joking. Uh, court and Spark, which is I think pretty. Where broadly, the hell did the name of that come from? What does that mean? What's that well, there's about? a song. The first song is called yeah. Court and Spark, and I think it's about courting. All right, like you know, dating, like dating, and the spark. Court, court and Spark. And spark you know, right. like, and it's like the, the beginning of a relationship. I think gotcha. that's. I think I, I I couldn't quote any other lyrics, but I think that's the basic idea of that concept. So this this is by far, I think by far her most commercially successful album. I had mm-hmm. a couple of big hits on it. One was a top ten, uh, "Help Me." Help me, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, how do you feel about her voice in that one? Because I think it's just fantastic you know, things. I I think the the way that she applied her voice to that song. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's also more produced, and I think it smooths out the edges a bit. Like because it's a more polished song, and maybe it doesn't yeah. to you. It doesn't come across as shrieky or something, as I think you find. Yeah, it yeah. Thank you. That's that's the word uh, I've been looking that's for all evening. <laughs> shrieky. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is such a great song. This, I, I find, I think this is one of the most amazing melodies of any like seventies. And, and it flows better, you know. And some of those other songs, you'd hit these high notes, and yeah. it'd be like so abrupt and in your this, face. She's like. And this song, it's like, so she, it's like she's right she's hang gliding, and I, her voice just goes. It's a nice visual, yeah. And and it just, the melody in this song is unlike almost any other '70s hit that I can think of. I yeah. mean, the only there are a few Fleetwood Mac songs that I think are oh, yeah, yeah. in this vein, but not quite. I mean, they they, they follow a much more predictable path. And I, I think she, if she had done this song earlier in her career. She'd be hitting those high notes for this right here, and it wouldn't been there as good. Maybe, yeah. Well, I think her mature. She she matured as a singer. Because even when she says help, it's like help. It's, right. it's more even right. harmonized in her own voice. You right. Know? It's a more it's a richer way of singing. Yeah. Her voice in this song sounds it's like one of her best vocals. Yeah. I think. Of any, I just love, I love the vocals, I love the melody of the song, the instrumentation is this, it's kind of this very polished thing, which sometimes I don't like in songs, but like these little guitar yeah. things, but I love it, yeah, and it all comes together really yeah. well in this song. I, just, I, I could listen to this song with coffee in the morning. Yeah. 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 And then her, her, little, her little bridge here, it just works really well too. It just it kind of blends it all together really well. But. And then the next I, song... I don't like this bridge here. No? Yeah. Uh, the instrumentation back here, I'm not crazy about it. Maybe that's what But I like the melody of her singing there. Yeah. So then the next song is Free Man in Paris, which I think I like even more. And that... This song here... For those, more animated for, for those it. who aren't... <laughs> nobody can see that. Um, Free Man in Paris is written about her friend... Uh, David Geffen, who, record, speaking of record executives, he was already oh yeah, he was already okay, starting his own label weird. at that yeah. time, and um, he had many connections, and and he was just becoming an important person in the music world, a star maker as they as mm-hmm. she sings, and the whole song is about. I, I love the whole concept of this. It's like her singing about 
uh, from his perspective, I think he actually said a lot of this, not as poetically as she phrased it, I think, yeah. but he said to her basically that he needed to escape from the machinery of the music business and that he felt alive in Paris and, uh-huh. and, and unfettered and alive, as she says in the thing. But then he turns it all around and says, but then I have to get back to, but, but, I, but I need to get back to stoking the star maker machinery behind the popular song. And basically he, he loved that freedom, but he just can't, he's, he's addicted to the, the power of the, the executive, uh, being a record executive. Is it that he liked the, the role and, and the power associated with it, or was well, it? Well, he, he doesn't like, say power, she doesn't say money. Power. That, well, the money, that, yeah, I mean, the, just, just, just the influence, the, everything that, that comes with the, the role he, mm-hmm. he, he played in music. Um, yeah, let's let's play a little bit of it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one. And and her, this is one of her best stories. I think, just just the the way the lyrics flow. Just. What? Hold on, we'll stop this right now. You know, it's it's, 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 super, it's super contrived to me. Any kind of music's contrived when you put it by that. I mean, somebody comes up with it, and I don't know. Maybe that's exactly what you mean. But uh, I, I guess I just don't. Agree. I guess I just don't agree with that that, yeah. that that perspective on it. Um, maybe, maybe I just don't like the, the the abruptness of it. Okay. Well, let's 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 try to ignore that part. Do we have to listen to it again? Yes, we do. Dang it. <laughs> Listen, listen to her singing. You mercifully uh, skip that first part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way I see it, he said, you just can't win it. Everybody's in it for their own game. Always somebody calling you down. She does the same thing with her voice where she modulates yeah. and then yeah. it flows mm-hmm. much better on the piano. Well, I think it really works. She's angling even. Like he's a, he's he's complaining that everybody's trying to get a piece of him basically, but but he's free in Paris. Unfettered. Nobody's calling me up for favors. Nobody's future to decide. You know, I'd go back there tomorrow, except for the work I was taking on, stoking the star making machinery. I, I love that. I think that's such. Yeah. There's something about that. Those lyrics that. I like them brilliant. Too, yeah. I, 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 I like the way she's able to juxtapose that 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 freedom he was feeling with the his need just to be back there yeah. doing it. You know, and, uh, just she uses vocabulary that nobody else ever uses. Well, was it as good as your vocabulary just then? Juxtapose. That's the way. Oh, word. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> unfettered is a pretty good word. Yeah, unfettered is really good. Yeah. I deal in dreamers and telephone screeners. Everybody's. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah, I wonder what I'd be a player. Anyway. So it's abundantly clear you're really fond of this, uh, this, I love this, this particular album. Yeah, it's a great, great yeah. album. It's, those two songs are kind of what make the whole thing for me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Now the next song on here that I wanted to talk about 
her most rocking song. That's what I was a question. It was a question I was going to ask you. And of course, there was another one where I felt there was only one answer to that. <laughs> because she doesn't really do rocking songs. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's stuff like that where it's, I don't call it rocking. I mean, it's, yeah. it's brisk. It's, it's, you know, upbeat. It's, it chugs along at a nice clip. But it's not rocking. And, and this one is kind of borderline on that too. But it definitely fits the bill more than any other. More rocky. Song. So here it is. Rocking. Uh, raised on robbery. No. Was it the, <laughs> yeah, raised on robbery. It's almost funk. Yeah, well, it doesn't start out sounding like it's not much of a rocking song. But, but once it kicks in, yeah. right now it sounds like some old 30s. Yes, that's exactly that. Here we go. Really chugs in a nice, yeah, nice clip, and it's just a. Uh, Cool guitar oh. Okay, hold on a second. I'm gonna. Now, this also is the answer to the question: What is her most risque song? Because there are some lines in here which kind of make you blush if you listen to it. <laughs> Makes me blush. Anyway. Is that I'm right? Sure. Just uh, yeah. Let's let's let's. I'd, I'd love to hear you say them so I can see. You no, blush. I'm not gonna say. It. <laughs> well, it, it, it's not so much the. The word, but coming from her. Anyway, I really like this. I think this. Dave's blushing already. I'm blushing right now. <laughs> In anticipation. Okay. okay. Now, if this is the verse I'm thinking of, listen closely. Don't don't talk. Just listen. So did you catch that? I, I didn't. Uh, I'm a pretty good cook, sitting on my groceries. Uh, come up to my kitchen, I'll show you my best recipes. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not worth blushing about, but do you, do you get it? Do you get the yeah. sitting on my groceries? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of crude, Sitting really. on her groceries. Yeah. I'm a pretty good cook. Yeah, she's talking about her sex. Her, 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 her organ. Her, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I was trying to be a little more discreet than that. I was gonna say, <laughs> but she's talking about her 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 abilities, her sexual, yeah. her, her her. She's sitting on her groceries. Okay, okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, and she's she, a pretty good cook. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> I, I you're was, the one pointing this out. In I know, but <laughs> you're the one who's taking it to be like, like a ticket, like a twelve year old. I, I'm trying to point it out without, like, you know, making uh, make it I think in, you juvenile. Uh, she's trying to be, like, sensual or, or like, you know, a very, very... Uh, Listening to the song, and even if I would listen to the words, I would not have captured that. But you did, and that... And that well, I know this, these songs so well. And, yeah, and you're yeah. pointing it out now, and and it's new to me, so... Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to replay I'm, that part. I'm pretty freaking amused by this. <laughs> That that uh, that she put those in there. Yeah, it's not. It's just not something you typically hear from Johnny Mitchell. Let's put it that way. That's that, that's why yeah. it stands out for me. Um, this would be a great karaoke song. Then. Sitting on my groceries, I'm a pretty good kid. Come into my kitchen. 
I wouldn't call this rock. I, I'd call it more rockabilly. No. Yeah, it's got that little bit of a It's rock in the same way that like some of Paul Simon's stuff is rock. Like it, he's some of his really propulsive songs are like this too. Like they're not like distorted guitars rock, but they're rock. Okay, I, I guess I see what you're saying a little bit. I like it, has, it. it has like a big swing to it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it. right. It, it's definitely a, got a, yeah. a swing to it. Definitely, it's like a, a big band jazz mixed in there well, yeah, especially okay, in the beginning was the beginning part and I, yeah. but I think it kind of flavors the song a bit but it's like a train zooming down the track like a, an old fashioned steam train you know, no no stopping it that. <laughs> it's, it's sorry <laughs> okay, well, keep okay listening, it's chugging 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 is keyboard I keep coming back to it yeah okay, hold on ready Get a little money with the new one? No, this one's not suggestive or anything. Okay, yeah, I want to hear more, more about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was being clever, and you were being a 10 year old. So. <laughs> Of course, you, I did bring it you. up. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know me? But I was just—it's possible to point out suggestive stuff without, <laughs> without like, <laughs> like being being some butthead about it, you know. <laughs> when you first heard that, what was your? Were you Beavis and Butthead? When I was a kid, you? I didn't get it. I'm sure I, I yeah. didn't understand. What well, you when you did about. finally understand it, were you like, oh, it's like wow? I, well, I was like, is yeah. she? I mean, were you Beavis she, and Butthead about it when you first discovered it? No. I don't think Come so. I, I don't know, but I think sitting on my groceries is a great line, though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, th- I think for a while I I was like, what does that mean? And I, you know, as I got older, I started to get it. Kind of, and it's like, oh wow, I, Jenny Mitchell. That's that's not really like her. I appreciate it, though. I think I think it's a it's a, so do you, it's a great play on words. You know, g- given that a woman can say. Well, Johnny Mitchell can say she's sitting on the groceries. Can a man say he's also sitting on his groceries in the same sense? Well, I guess I don't sit not, on my... No, it, uh, the anatomy, I think, works a little different. Yeah. It's not quite yeah. as much. Okay. You can take some poetic license, perhaps. You could, perhaps. <laughs> I suppose it depends how you're sitting, too. I <laughs> sounds a little more painful. Like you're on a bicycle. Right. Okay, I'm sorry I ever brought this up. <laughs> I'm, I'm regretting it by the moment. Okay. Oh my god, this. <laughs> so, final song on this album. Well, we are going long on this, this podcast. I have to say, we're, we're after almost three hours, but. Not after I trim it down. Maybe you guys will only be hearing one hour worth of yeah. awesome. Hopefully they hear about... With the grocery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking that out. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's try to wrap up here with the final two albums that we listened to. All right, which uh, didn't... Um, the Hissing of Summer Lawns and Hijira, 
which is she started off on this really jazz tan tan yeah. I think we talked about this earlier mm-hmm. where we just followed a different muse of sorts like uh, these are f- fascinating albums I think in some ways yeah they were the, I considered them the weird ones and I didn't really hear them very much in our house so I I don't think they had time to grow on me either yeah. there's one song on here that's interesting in that it's like an early attempt at doing like what Paul Simon did with uh, like Graceland uh, and it's this one here. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. Her her melody is not as much of a melody. Yeah, I don't like that song. I kind of like this little. I dig the drums. Yeah, it's very a a. A melodic compared to her other stuff and it's interesting yeah but I don't know if it really really works I think it's a good experiment maybe but yeah it's interesting I like the sounds of the drums it's very very raw sort of like kind of like, like poorly recorded in an intentional sort of way maybe. I think if I remember correctly I think I read that she actually took recordings of tribal drums and used them Oh, is that right? I don't think these were played specifically for her. I think she built the song around that. I could be wrong. But I thought I remember reading it. There's all that electronic... I might just be spreading misinformation. Um, Was there... I haven't been giving you a chance to jump in here with some of your favorite songs, but then again, considering your opinion of... You know, I went went through uh, the albums that we we chose and and, uh, listened to them all, and then I started from the end and went backwards with them as far as like yeah, chronological yeah and uh did you like some of these later ones the, the, there were there were some that kind of stuck out with me that I, I uh I was interested in yeah the Four of the Roses uh the couple songs my I have a couple notes about them and <laughs> the first one is very high pitched <laughs> and uh I also <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've we've gone there already. And uh, and I, I wrote uh, I'm five or more songs into it, and it still is not my favorite album. <laughs> oh, that's so. <laughs> You're being so polite about it. Well, that's not exactly not what I wrote. I, I was being a oh. little diplomatic there. <laughs> and this is uh, Harry's house, which I think was a song that kind of annoyed me. If it annoyed you. Maybe I liked it, I forget. <laughs> um, I don't know, there aren't too many songs on here on this, these albums that stand out to me individually. I think they work better just listening through to them as like a kind of background music, I guess. And I'm not saying they aren't like worth listening more closely to, but I think they, wor- they work better as a whole for me like than instead of like pulling out individual songs yeah and on Hijira actually I found Hijira to be more enjoyable yeah than Hissing of Summer Lines because I think on the whole it worked really well as like a mood piece kind of thing and, and, and would you also say that this is an album you'd want to listen to like this is in yeah, this I mean, background right I mean I, I guess it's just no actually there are a few songs here that I actually yeah that stand out for me like Coyote is very interesting. This is about I know what the story is behind this. 
she was also involved with Sam Shepard, the actor slash playwright. Mm-hmm. And this is about him. Uh, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's pretty long. But it's got a cool... Well, this is a great guitar in this yeah. right here. Yeah, I'm familiar with this one. And I like her I like her singing in this, too. She, It's a very different... This is where she starts to sound like her later albums, I think. It's, it's more of a jazz-based kind of singing. Mm-hmm. It's like a little freeform... And it's funny. It's uh, almost speaks. Her, her voice in this one, it, it strikes me as, for whatever reason, even though it's not as high pitched as some of the songs, this one strikes me as high pitched. It, it sounds it's like she's like affected. You know? maybe, maybe so, yeah. yeah. Well, like this, you couldn't possibly sing this like in karaoke or something. Like, oh, yeah. no, like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. it's almost speak, like it's a almost spoken word piece as yeah. much as it is singing, you know. But I like it because it's it's a if you listen to the closely, listen to it more closely, and listen to the, the lyrics, lyrics. It's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Wordplay and stuff. I don't know, but um, I like the guitar in this one though. Yeah. The the next song. Amelia is actually quite a moving You're song. You're breaking my heart? No, that's no. Cecilia. Oh. <laughs> um, Amelia is actually about Amelia Earhart. Oh. And this has... I really like this song, actually. It's kind of a tribute to Amelia Earhart and her, her daring... And right her, her, I can appreciate that. Yeah. That's very daring what she did. And then she she sings to Amelia in the chorus. Here. So she, she kind of speaks to her a few times throughout the song. It's it's pretty pretty moving stuff. And uh, well, well, kudos to uh, Johnny for like doing that. I think. And, yeah. Yeah. Amelia heard, you know, deserves that kind of recognition. Oh yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. Well, I so think she was an inspiration to her. Yeah. And she, she saw her as an inspiration as like a, a woman who just did did what she was driven to do. To, yeah, yeah. And that's her what Joni has always done with her music, I think. You know, she kinda just moves along with her own vision, whatever it may be, and that's You know, women have a I don't wanna say so few role models, but it's it's nice to uh, recognize the ones that do exist for sure. History is written by men, you know. Yeah, right, say, right? right. So it's, well, she lives on, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So there are a few others. Uh, furry sings the blues is kind of a interesting thing, but it's uh, the furry name bothers me kind of. You know, you, I I've read it, but hearing it said out loud, I'm like, Ew, I feel like it's it, a Muppet it, song it gives me it gives me the uh, like a heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. I was gonna say that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a song about the Muppets, but um, it's just some jazz cat named Furry. Mm. Who, I don't know. I'm trying to think which one's worth playing here. Let's try. I'm gonna try Hajira first. The the title. Well, the track. title track. Yeah. That's Suzanne Vega, right there, man. Yeah. Well, stuff like this probably influenced was heavily influenced on people like Suzanne Vega. Yeah. I think. I think this 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 phase of Johnny Mitchell's career. You know, I, I, I don't like it as much as the other stuff, but it's really good stuff. It's really yeah. kind of groundbreaking. She was doing stuff nobody else was doing. Yeah. You know? And I I think. 
it did influence a lot of people. There were people who probably find this to be her strongest work, you know. And, and people like Suzanne Vega were yeah. particularly you know, moved to do their thing based on this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't catch the similarities to Suzanne Vega until we're listening to it now. Mm. Yeah, some of the musically definitely. Yeah. This is song for Sharon. I'm trying to remember what I found. I think this was kind of a bit of a throwback to her older style of song. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like it had kind of a stronger melody on this album than than many. Uh, the last one I think was oh Refuge of the Roads. That's one. Uh, it. This is very nice guitar. In this. Yeah. This has a really nice melody to it. Very much an easy listening sort of thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of this album sort of would come under that. But much better written, easy listening than most. Stuff. I find myself listening to her songs, especially acoustic songs, and I'm wishing that she would do more instrumentals. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's that's wow. <laughs> Well, fortunately, she was a great instrumentalist, so there's a lot to appreciate there, hopefully. Um, Is she any instrumental? No. <laughs> there are. There are. Uh, there are, uh, there are uh, audio utilities where you can like blank out the vocals pretty well. <laughs> Maybe that's what you need to do. There's a market for. Joni Mitchell loves where her voice is taking that <laughs> market for it. I think it's fairly limited, to be honest. But I, I, yeah. I don't know. clearly, they've got one, at least one person. Oh yeah, I might buy one or two. Uh, anyway, well, I guess we've we've completed our our survey of all the albums in record time. Um, <laughs> um, so. Is there anything you'd like to? Well, you know, in, in wrapping up, is there anything you'd I like? I did to... have a. I had. I do have one thing to say, and I thought of this before. It's like <laughs> I'm so glad to get. We're done with this. Get Joni Mitchell out of my misery. <laughs> wow, <okay. laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I, I kind of like the turn of the phrase there, but it's. It. <laughs> well, you did well listening to every of the, every one of those albums at least twice. Like you seem there, to, there was you there was there was there was uh, some benefit to that, and I, and I don't uh, regret any any of it. You, you understand her better, and I, and I had a lot of satisfaction you know, of torturing you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this was, yeah. Uh, I, I think you you understand why she's given so much. Credit for I, I do, I do, I do. And you know, I, I don't want to discredit her. Uh, I think I said this earlier also, but her talent and her skill yeah. and musical abilities—it's just not one that I. And she, she she influenced a broad range of people too, like Prince. 
was a huge Johnny Mitchell fan. And yeah. He, he was, uh, and I think it does come through in some of his slower stuff, not hmm. his, you know, not his dance music so much. Yeah. But, but he's got, especially on some of his later albums, he, he did some stuff that musically sounded a lot like that. I mean, his singing, I don't think it ever really. Yeah was like hers in any way well maybe he may have done some like that vocal swooping stuff maybe I, I'd, I'd be curious hair. to know where those influences came through and, and yeah and, uh, and not, not just Prince but uh, other artists as well right right well and I, th- I think she influenced a lot of female singers songwriters a whole generation of them basically yeah. like you know they, that were inspired to do their thing and, and uh, that's super cool. I think a lot of yeah. like I pretty much any 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 that came after her that was doing any, they were doing anything like that. But I think she, her songwriting and music, her just musicianship, I think that even influenced people outside of the genre she, you know, out of the side of the folk music scene. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to know that she was, like, a big influence on, say, like, Heart or something like that, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, some of their, you know, some of their more acoustic stuff or something or you know I, I don't know I mean I'm just I, I think where, where the, the Debbie Harry perhaps in yeah I mean who knows I, I think I think her influence extends a lot farther than just folk music yeah I, I, I think that's what makes her such an important I suspect you're person right in the history of music so anyway so I I, I enjoyed it I you know I got I, I get tired of listening to anybody that much so I I, I have to also agree that I'm <laughs> I'm not so. I'm not upset. Upset that we're we're done with this. <laughs> but I, al- I also. Well, no, no. I, like I said, anybody. Yeah. Listening to eight albums of theirs. It's true. Again, it's true. You know. I think uh, it, it gets. It gets. You know, even some of my most favorite <laughs> albums, I can I can only listen to them so many times. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but obviously, I I knew her well already, and it's it's interesting to see how she played on your sensibilities and. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I appreciate I, her at least as much as I did before, but yeah. I already appreciate her yeah. a lot, and so. I appreciate her more than I did. Yeah, that's that's good. Well, good, it's good to hear you say, even, yeah. even despite your your issues. Yeah, your personal it, issues. It, that's that's my your my gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. my thing. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't uh, it's not doesn't reflect on her yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are other, there are people like that for me too. Like I I appreciate how important they are and that they were influential, but. I don't go out of my way to listen to them. Yeah. You know, so I guess that well, wraps up this uh, episode. Yeah, and if you're um, still with us, wow. You, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll send you $10. If you're still Dave with us, seriously, yeah, I'm not really going to send you $10, but, <laughs> but I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know that you actually listen to the whole thing and and you'll become one of our you'll be a star fan well we'll oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, you'll 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 get first dibs on all of our merch and we, you know if if you're embarrassed to admit it, you can just tell us secretly <laughs> <laughs> you know, the little thing yeah well no i I, won't, I really won't I won't tell anybody I promise uh, it, it'll be just between you and me oh my god um <laughs> 